Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the On Point Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Greg Locke, and today we're going to talk about three things that we love to talk about around here, faith, family, and politics. They're all very important, and they are certainly hot-button issues in the day and age in which we live. Look, folks, when you listen to our show, and it is growing every single week, and we're excited about that, you know that we have some very, very exciting guests. Well, today, not only do we have an exciting guest, we have an interesting guest that I am really just amped up about. And when I say amped up, we actually met at the Amp Fest uh, for the first time. You know, we'd kind of heard of each other and passed each other in various conferences and places the last couple of years. But uh, I had the honor and the joy of meeting both he and his wife, and that is the one and the only George Papadopoulos. I love that name. George, welcome to the program today. Thanks for being on, man. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's a great pleasure, a great honor, and absolutely Ampest. Uh, it was a great time. It was great to meet you over there. Yes, man. Same here. And uh, I, I'm going to segue in. I'm going to jump right in with something that uh, that you know that I tweeted about a while back, and it was kind of the, the main topic of our conversation there in Miami. And that was when you were giving a lot of your testimony and the spiel of what all you had to go through. And we'll talk a little bit about that with you know the FBI and just all of the, the fiasco that you and your family had to endure. The one thing, and I said that this was worth the price of admission for the whole conference, the one thing was your dear wife sitting up there beside you holding your hand, and when everybody wanted her literally to roll state on you and to wear a wire and to turn you in and to just, you know, just treat you in a heinous way that a wife should never treat her husband, she said, and I quote, I stayed loyal to my husband. And I turned to my wife and I teared up and I said, that right there was worth the entire conference to hear her talk about how she stayed beside her husband in the midst of absolute political fallout. And for those that don't really know, and I would say most of our listeners and viewers would know exactly who you are and what you've endured, can you just kind of give us a little bit of a backdrop of what you and your wife and family truly had to endure for a good while through this entire mock foolish investigation? Just kind of let everybody know what you had to go through. Oh, you know what? I'm so happy that uh, you brought up the personal side because that's the side that uh, is usually hidden from the media. It's something that uh, the media doesn't want to talk about and we really don't understand. But uh, in my case, like you mentioned, I was a very fortunate person to have uh, an angel stand by my uh, side when so many uh, uh, business partners, ex-colleagues, the media, you name it, they all dropped me like a bad suit. Uh, except my wife, uh, who not only uh, stayed with me, uh, but she probably saved history in this country in many ways. And I'll explain what I'm talking about by uh, defending me and trying to change the narrative and getting out there and going Mm -hmm. on shows on Fox News and George Stephanopoulos and others um, just to try and get the truth out when I couldn't talk. Right. So uh, what happened basically was we were we weren't even married actually at the time we were just uh we were in a very serious relationship we sure. got married in the middle of this uh <laughs> <Wow>. world <laughs> we got married in the middle of this whirlwind so i always tell her if we could get through this we could get through about anything in life yes and that's the truth uh we really went through uh an incredibly um uh, i guess dark period uh but then there's light always at the end of that period yes. and what happened was this uh we meet uh, after shortly after I'm done working on the, the Trump uh, team, first I was working for Ben Carson. That's something that many people don't know, but I was on Ben Carson's team first, right. then I joined Trump's team. Obviously, both uh, were going to be in the administration. I was on top of the world. I started dating uh, Simona, 
we're having a wonderful time over the summer. And then the FBI comes into my life and wow. most people know what happened with that. And she stood by me. She defended me. And you're absolutely right. It's a very uh, rare thing to see of loyalty in today, but I was very fortunate to have it with her. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it really was just a, a beautiful moment. And it just spoke to me because like you said, I know when we spoke, you had really not been married for a long time. And I'm like, wow, if they can survive this, if they can suffer through this together, they seriously can handle any hell or high water that comes their way. And so, you know, kudos to you guys, because man, that's, that's a hard way to begin a relationship <laughs> when you got the FBI and CNN and Fox News and the entire media world just in a fiasco, just literally trying to burn your life to the ground. What what year was it that you kind of come into the whole uh, the Trump campaign and started advising them and helping them? How, how did that kind of come about? What, what kind of background did you have maybe before that, before people really recognized your name? Yeah, so that, you know, um, most people, because of how big this uh, the story was, thought that my life, you know, began with the Russian investigation. <laughs> but that's not. But that's not the case. You know, I, I was I was working in uh, in D.C. Uh, for five years. Uh, you know, with a lot of uh, people, you know, who are working with George W. Bush and Reagan. Mm. Um, so a lot of these, you know, kind of establishment type guys. Um, up until the summer of 2015. But what happened in the summer of 2015? I saw presidential campaign season underway. I saw some outsiders that I thought could shake things up. They were interesting and they had the right messaging. They were talking about God, family, and the values that we had forgotten as Americans, or not mm. forgotten, but that Obama, yeah. President Obama, wanted to forget. And those people were Ben Carson, uh, people like Ted Cruz, and Donald Trump. So I reached out to Corey Lewandowski in the summer of 2015. So I was on the Trump train very early when no one really even knew who Corey Lewandowski was. Mm. And, and I talk about it a bit in, in, uh, in my book about how that whole thing happened. We stayed in touch uh, for six months, but then I joined Ben Carson's campaign first. He drops out of the race, and then they recommend me join Trump's campaign in March of 2016. And that's when the entire uh, okay. you know world wanted to fall in my lap. <laughs> the uh, the famous picture of you walking out of the room, out of the out of the courthouse there, that kind of went all over the world, and now everybody recognizes you. And uh, I'm sure that's uh, good and bad everywhere that you go, because uh, depends on the city. <laughs> it depends on the city because there's a lot of craziness going on. I want you to kind of speak to our listeners on on kind of what you think, because obviously the Lord's given you a great mind politically. What do you see, honestly, in your own opinion? That's about to happen. I tell people all the time, I'm still convinced that that we've won by a landslide, that he's going to remain the president of the United States for the next four years. Joe Biden didn't have a snowball's chance in Hades of getting in the White House at all. <laughs> what, what, what do you see, honestly, from your perspective? Look, if God is for us, who could be against yeah. us, right? And, yeah. I, and, and, I, and I truly, uh, you know, I, I talked to my wife about it, I, and I've talked uh, publicly, and I'm going to say it to you right now. Uh, I think uh, God has his hand in what's been happening the last uh, years, the last four years at least, and especially with the Trump administration. Mm. I cannot uh, fathom Joe Biden coming into office uh, using the type of uh, maneuvering and uh, illegal uh, you know, voting schemes that he has done. Right. I think too many Americans understand exactly what's happening. They don't buy it. It's not legitimate. And the president is making a case overwhelmingly, not just in the public opinion court, but in the legal court that there was a fraud committed upon the American public yeah. and he's going to fight this. I'm a hundred percent convinced he's going to come out of this ahead, vindicated, and we're going to see a second term of president Trump. 
That is encouraging to hear <laughs> because even this morning I, I get messages from people that are like, you know, we hear you saying this in your videos on Facebook and YouTube, but man, we're just not convinced. We're just nervous. I don't think people realize how much corruption has been uncovered. And I mean like real corruption, not some collusional nonsense that the media wants to purport, but I mean just real craziness that's going on behind the scenes and people don't realize, man, there's some people that are about to go to jail for a very, very long time for, for actual corruption in politics. This is crazy. Yeah. George, real quick. So your book's called Deep State Target. I, I feel like, you know, when you're watching the news media, the fake news, and you, you, you see all of these things being said, you almost feel like it doesn't matter what Trump does or what his team does. It's still an uh, uphill battle. And how are we ever going to win? And so that's where I get kind of discouraged. And I always have to go to a pastor and I'm like, pastor, man, do you really think that there's an opportunity for Trump just to wow the whole world? And so, you know, it can definitely be trying. And and to see you two guys really standing firm on that, it's always a testament and uh, encouragement to people like me. Yeah, Pastor Papadopoulos. He told you right straight on the broadcast. <laughs> <didn't you? laughs> he, he let you know what the facts were. I watched uh, the other day the, the plot against the president. And, of course, you had a, uh, a major role in that. And I just... I just don't see how people don't get it. There is such a plot, such a scheme against this man. I mean, from day one, they will do anything and everything, beg, borrow, and steal to make sure that they make this man's life unbelievably miserable. Of course, it's not about Trump. It's about his values and his conservatism. But uh, on the on the book, The Deep State Target, uh, do you have another book that's coming out? Do you have anything else that our uh, listeners and viewers can go to? I'm definitely going to promote this book so that people can get it. I'm assuming it's mostly about uh, the fiasco that you had to go through. Anything else kind of coming on the horizon for the Papadopoulos family that we can know about? That's, uh, that's the book. Um, still, because uh, that story is yet to close, and yeah. that's what we're uh, investigating now. So that's that's still the uh, okay. the book that we're looking into. Yeah. Okay, so that's the one we can promote. Then anybody can get it. Amazon, just wherever books are sold. I'm ass- I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that's one. Awesome, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, any other uh, programs coming down the pike? I know you get the uh, the plot against the president you came out with, but it's got to be interesting when people call you and ask you to want to do these interviews because you're going to have to be uh, obviously you know, a little bit choosy on what you choose and what you don't, because everything's kind of crazy right now. So you don't really know who's on your side and who's not. <laughs> That's been life for the last uh, years, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> you have to, you have to have a strong intuition. And, I, and I've always been a gut player all my life. And I go with that intuition. And every time I stood by that intuition, it always got me on the right path. And when I went against it, some bad things happened. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this, well, you know, but, but look, at the end of the day, the president has an obligation to over 73 million voters, mm. including I, you and most of the listeners of your show, yeah. to challenge the validity of these election results. We have a legal system in this country, and I think the president simply wants to use it. And he understands that every illegal ballot that was cast actually suppressed a legal vote. And that's not something that we can have in this country. This isn't a third world country and this isn't a dictatorship. This is a republic mm. where the government gets its power by the governed and the people's voices, the legitimate voices have to be heard. And if you will tally up those legitimate votes, they all point towards an overwhelming landslide for the president. The president has an all-star legal team like Rudy Giuliani, yeah. Sidney Powell. I know these people. These are patriots. They love this country. And uh, they're putting their neck out on the line, including Lynn Wood. I don't know Lynn Wood personally. I've never met him. But just from uh, what I've been seeing him talk about and do on TV or on Twitter, he looks like he loves this country, too, and just wants to see the right thing happen. So all we can do at this time is be patient. There's a process. I wish we didn't have to go through this process because, uh, like you mentioned, the president has been dealing 
with uh, various uh, entrapment schemes, hoaxes, uh, and now he's dealing with uh, this situation, which no president uh, should have to go through, especially one as popular as President Trump. This is a person who's who, uh, you know, got over, I think, 65 million votes in 2016 as mm. a complete outsider. And and uh, just two weeks ago, got uh, over 73 million uh, <laughs> votes cast for him. And they're talking about him as if he's uh, yesterday's news already uh, with without a. <laughs> without even the uh, state certifying the election. So I'm very hopeful. I think most of you, I think your listeners should be hopeful. And I think we're going to have uh, four more great years of President Trump. I do too. I do too. Just so people kind of understand a little bit of the process, what happens if they don't have a lot of this litigation, which they probably won't settled by the electoral vote in the middle of December? Are they just going to give us a kind of a space of grace? Are they going to push this thing because it's unprecedented? What kind of happens there politically so people can understand they, they have to have this done by then, and uh, if there's going to be challenges after that point, it's going to probably go to the Supreme Court. But uh, that's why they're rushing. Uh, I don't want to call it rushing, but sure. why you see the legal team presenting their case uh, in front of uh, the various uh, appellate courts and even uh, the state Supreme Courts, and they're moving very quickly because there is a deadline. But we just saw in Wisconsin, um, or I'm sorry, it was Michigan, I think, that the, uh, the the committee over there rescinded their call for uh, the yeah. state going to Biden because of these various threats that they've been facing toward their family and others uh, to call the race for Biden. So I still think this is going to get dirty. It's going to end up, obviously, in mm-hmm. the Supreme Court. And that's where, in, in my opinion, the Supreme Court should have the final say in this because this election is just far too important. Unbelievably important. You are exactly right. Why, why do you think one of the things that I'm, I'm super frustrated about probably shouldn't been because a lot of people have been calling this for a while is I really at this point, I can't tell the difference between Fox News and CNN. What in the world? How in the world do they all get in bed together in one election? Telling you. And I mean, they've they've turned on every single person that that wanted them in some type of media power. I just don't get it. It's just it's very disheartening to watch what's happening to, to Fox News. And thank God for Newsmax. And, it makes you, know, you feel hopeless. man. Yeah. I'm telling you, for me, at least, you know, I'm still that guy on the outside watching watching you boldly go on Twitter and uh, tell everybody, oh, Trump will win. Trump yeah. will win. I'm like, gosh, dude, I, I from your mouth to God's ears. Yes. That's all I'm saying. But guys, I, I'm just hoping yeah. like, uh, George, that you have some kind of like insider information that we don't know. Like you can just say, hey, man, I already know what's going on. I know what time it is. I've seen the paper. I've seen the evidence. I talk to him every day. Matter of fact, I just talked to uh, ODJ last night <laughs> and uh, everything's going to be good. <laughs> you know, you know what I, you know what I go by? Uh, I go by listening to, you know, what, not what CNN says, but yeah. what, uh, the, the powerful people, uh, in our country who are running the country, like Se- uh, secretary of state, Mike Pompeo mm. and, uh, the legal insiders who have seen the evidence because I'm an evidence-based person, yeah. you know, I don't want, I don't talk about, uh, things I, I don't know about. And I know that Sidney Powell has the affidavit of thousands of people who yeah. are discussing overwhelming fraud. And if you think that the Democrats had a snowball chance in hell of trying to um, <laughs> delegitimize the 2016 election based on conspiracy theories, imagine what's going to happen now yeah. if uh, Biden uh, was to ascend to the presidency's office with all of these thousands of real question marks with real fraud that are presented to a court. 
he just can't survive it. Even mm. if he was to the presidency's office, in my opinion, he's not. But let's just assume and play and just play the game that he's going to be the president. He's going to go through so many various investigations. Yeah. Not only dealing with this potential fallout, wow. but his son, his son's legal issues aren't going away, and his potential legal issues aren't going to go away. Just like um, uh, the president had to deal with a special counsel. There are some on the right now who are discussing having a special counsel look into Joe Biden's presidency if he's a, if he's actually appointed. Right. So it's just not a good moment for Joe Biden. He has so much baggage, so many things go working against him that uh, if it, if I was Joe Biden at this point, I would not <laughs> actually want to be uh, appointed <laughs> to the presidency's office because uh, he just he's probably not going to last, and and we and we know that. Yeah. yeah, I noticed where uh, Sidney Powell said he better concede while he has the chance so he doesn't face a lot of uh, prison exactly. time for the That's rest of his I mean. life. I go by the <laughs> I go by what they say, and I believe Sidney Powell, she's a seasoned uh, litigator. She's been in the game a long time. There's no reason for her to put her, her reputation out on the line for something that she does not know is going to come out on uh, as truth, and she's telling the truth. Yeah, she absolutely is, and and I'm just I'm grateful that you have accepted this opportunity to be on the broadcast simply because I, I want our people to hear from those that are on the front lines, and not just on the front lines, people that have been there, people that have been burned by the system, and uh, their lives have been you know manageably turned upside down, and they withstood it. So, George, I want to say thank you for your friendship, thank you for the fire in your gut, <laughs> and uh, and for going with what you know is to to be right, and thank you for just pressing on and getting the word out there and just being faithful because it's guys like you that are going to turn this whole thing around. We've got too many cowards and I tell folks, I don't care what the church calls me. I don't care what the world and the culture calls me as long as God never calls me a coward. And we got to have some people with some stiff backbones in the pulpit and in politics. And uh, so, man, I, I appreciate you more than you know. And we'll continue even when we get off the broadcast here off air. We'll continue to, to uh, press on with Deep State Target and let folks know where to get that and how to get that. But man, I look forward to getting with you out there again, praying with you guys, seeing you and your wife. And uh, hey, we'll have you come to the church sometime. We'd love to. And uh, we've had all different types of uh, political figures and faith leading figures. And so we'd love to have you. But man, thanks for being a good friend. Thanks for being faithful. And we're going to pray that God protects you and uses you and blesses you and anoints you for such a time as this. Because man, we've got to stand and we've got to speak and you are doing both. And I want to applaud you. So thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you so much uh, for those kind words. And uh, Simone and I would be honored to come to, to your church. Where's your church at? Is it in Nashville? Just outside of Nashville. Yep. Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Excellent. Excellent. You you let me know when. And uh, if I don't, are you are you holding sermons there now? Yep, we are. Yeah, we are. We have grown exponentially through the whole COVID thing. We never closed down one time. And we're in a big old tent right now that has nothing to do with COVID, but everything to do with the fact that we've outgrown our building by like threefold. And so we can't even get back in the building. But uh, man, we, we would love to have you. We're getting ready to have Graham Allen. We just had Charlie Kirk and uh, Roger Stone. We've had all kinds of people come and just share. And our people absolutely love it. They love people that are bold probably by virtue of the fact that I'm their pastor. And so uh, that's cool and exciting, but we'll definitely get you guys here. But it has been an honor just to chit-chat with you for a little bit, George. Thank you, sir. It was great uh, to talk with you. Uh, and please, uh, when this airs, whenever it does, uh, let me know. I'll be happy to promote it on Twitter and other social media. And definitely looking forward to seeing you uh, you and, and uh, Brian very soon. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great day. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I know I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but uh, this isn't my show. This is your show, so I can say whatever I want and skirt along the sides. 
That was my favorite episode we've ever done. That was a good episode, bro. I, I'm telling you. I, I like George. Every single day. <laughs> He's a cool you know, dude. I mean, I, I'm always looking for information. Matter of fact, my go-to news source is Twitter. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to see what the great minds are thinking. Yeah. What are they thinking? Well, what do they know? What's the inside scoop? It's how Donald Trump ran his whole campaign. He went around the system by using Twitter. I, I've literally fallen in love with Twitter. And, and I know that there's censorship, but the conservatives are still on there speaking loud and proud and, yeah. and being bold. So I watch people like George Papadopoulos and you and, and your boldness tickles me because Man, i my, know you my personally. twitter's growing like crazy the I last know, few like, days uh, no it's grown nuts probably like <laughs> 10 15 000 people in the last three weeks yeah 90 percent uh, of them are haters but that's okay that's okay they man. need the lord too brother <laughs> just burn them up bro burn, <laughs> burn them up, up. <laughs> but i'm telling you whether george says it or not we're winning bro we're winning and uh he's going to remain the president for the next four years there's no way they're going to allow this corruption to go through this is america this is america and so we got to f- keep fighting you don't think, you don't think, honestly, nope. if you really think about it, you don't think for a second that that they've the deep state has covered all of these bases, and that's why they've taken over Fox. That's why they've taken over, you know, all of these different news or organizations. You don't think that they're they're already prepared for what Trump's going to do, and you don't think that possibly they're going to try to, you know, just I'll, I'll shut tell it you down what, they're not. Pre- they're prepared on every front except God's anointing. Ooh, they can't do anything about that's that. All there is and the to king's it. heart's in the hand of the Lord. I just happen to believe that the guy's anointed of the Lord. I don't I care what you too. think about the man's spirituality. God chooses, he puts up, and he takes down. And Amen. I believe he's put this man up, and I don't think he's going to let America fall. America Amen. is is the one nation that is getting freedom and liberty and the gospel and generosity to the whole planet. And I believe we're going to keep having this space of grace for a little while. Now, eventually, and uh, Franklin Graham agrees with me on this because I, I watched a show where he said, you know, there's going to come a time sooner or later that a socialist and a God denier really does get in the White wow, House. Yeah. But right now, let's just pray that uh, we continue to have this wonderful opportunity with Donald Trump. Well, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm so I'm so fortunate to be around, you know, in proximity to to great, bold people, um, because it's really an encouragement. And it shows and for other people like me or somebody who maybe have weaker faith or, you know, unsure about life and yep. whatever's going on, you know, being in proximity to people that are bold and have faith. And then when God shows up and shows out, their faith is that much more increased. And so exactly. it's such a testament. Yeah. And I love just hearing George talk about, you know, just the will of the Lord. And uh, it's amazing. Listen, God's using a lot of people out there that some folks have discounted in the church world. But you heard it right here. George Papadopoulos quoting Bible verses and talking about prayer and power and the importance of pastors being bold in the pulpit. So make sure you get that book, Deep State Target, from George Papadopoulos. And uh, we'll let you know when we have him right here at 2060 Old Leather and Dirt Road, Mount Juliet, Tennessee. It'll be a great time. But we thank you for being on the On Point with Pastor Greg Locke program today. Me and Brian will see you on the flip side real soon. God bless you. Bye-bye.